Enjoy what kind of donut? The chocolate dip. You're still eating that chocolate dip from 30 minutes ago? Well, number one, it was an hour ago. See, if you're recording a podcast, you should be getting Timbits. That's the smart play. Don't want to record a there. There we go. Hello, recording in progress, boys. I'm taking one last bite of this apple. And um, if you ever want to know what an eating an apple sounds like on a podcast, we're about to find out. Okay. Meh. Now I've lived. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bite of this donut, which is the complete opposite of what you got. Well, I have hockey in two hours, so I, you know. Oh, okay. Love- not that I'm in the best physical shape, but I try to eat well on days I play hockey just to not feel like junk on the ice. How was your week? <laughs> Compared to yours, not bad. Okay. <laughs> so was Ma and Law's flight good? Oh, okay. Back we'll back we'll get there. Okay, let's we'll get back there. It up. Okay. We'll get there. Let's quickly so, get to where, where how we got here. All right. So behind the scenes, right? We record this podcast on monday typically yes and um this past monday was obviously a holiday yes uh i went away to my family's cottage we brought our six-month-old daughter hang out at the cottage for the first time and spend time with grandma and grandpa so we all had a great time um so we decided let's postpone recording the podcast on monday we'll record on tuesday that'll still give us lots of time for a, a thursday release and of course uh we had the ludo 7 show last week that we've obviously wanted to recap so eager to get this out so tuesday rolls around we book a time and matt what did i tell you on tuesday <laughs> uh let me think tuesday was what was oh tuesday was your garage door fell off tuesday was my garage door fell off your garage door fell off about half an hour before we were supposed to record this podcast, I went outside and I have one of those pin pads outside the garage to open it from outside. And it's about maybe a quarter of the way up. And it, I hear this snap inside the garage and it sounded like a whip and the chain somehow flew, broke and flew right off the motor. Um, thankfully, I wasn't in the garage and neither was the car at the time. But the garage door itself um, falls, what, I don't know, two, three feet to the ground, smash. So the garage door is broken. So emergency trip to Canadian Tire. That's Tuesday. So I say, Matt, I got to go take care of this. Going to have to postpone until maybe later tonight or at worst, we record on Wednesday. And I didn't have anyone to watch Prince Isaac so or that late. So... We moved it to Wednesday. We moved it to Wednesday. And Matt, what happens Wednesday? Wednesday? I, I Okay. And I, I, you thought I was joking. I have no idea how, how this happens. You locked yourself out of your house, which in and of itself. I did. In and of itself. You know, it happens. You lock yourself out of your house in and of itself. But dude, how do you not know how to break into your own house? Like I said, this podcast is not lucrative enough yet to justify smashing windows. I know two ways into my house, and it doesn't require busting a window. 
But that's so why. But you I, see, I, I grew got, up. Got I grew the... up in a country town, so yes. I now number one, we left our doors open most of the time. But when the t- the times did come that we broke that uh, or that we locked ourselves out because we weren't used to locking our doors, um, we we just we just knew ways to break into the house. So I think instinctively, when I bought this house, I thought. How do I break into this thing? <laughs> now, that'd be a funny question to ask your agent. Can you lay out all the different ways I can break into this property? I, I, yes, out, I was yeah. not willing to break into my own house. And, you know, not being an expert in B&E, I can't tell you if there's an easy way to facilitate a break in of my own house, but I wasn't willing to try it. Um, so basically there's the front door, there's the garage door, which is broken, and there's a, a back patio door, sliding door. Um, so I'll back things up a little bit. My wife and I, we each had a car, but we've both been working from home all year and decided, you know what, we've drove this second car twice in like a year. Let's just sell it, make some money off it, scrap the insurance payments, buy something when we both need two cars again. So we did that. This was the first time this past Wednesday where we had a conflict and we both required the car at the same time. So wife had to go pick up my mother-in-law from the airport who's visiting us for a couple of weeks. And uh, I had to go to my office for a few hours. So no problem. Uh, My parents live close by, place a call to my mom, borrow her car for the day, all good. So the only problem with that is I left the house and, you know, wasn't thinking at the time that when I get home, my wife is not going to be there either. She's going to be at the airport and my house keys are on the keychain for the other car, which my wife is taking. So get home. I have no house keys. My garage door is broken and the back sliding patio door is locked. So yes, I locked myself out of my own house. And for the second time, uh, this week sabotaged our plan to record this podcast, but we've made it. Here we are. It's uh, it's Thursday. We are late <laughs> getting this show out, but uh, we're gonna what? We're gonna wrap this one up quick and just go through loot 07 and maybe some other things and keep it quick. Yeah, I do want to make one uh, slight note just before we move on. Um, number one, my father used to be a repo man. So he taught us all these little things. Was he smash of demolition as well? No. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Although they're both bald. Like balding. Like the same kind. Of, oh, maybe my dad does live a double life or did. Um, but no, uh, my father was a repo man. So he taught my brother and I things. Like once we he knew we were going to use it for, for good. Um, so he taught us how to get into cars and he taught us how to get into houses. Um, but the other thing was, I said I got stuck in here with an alarm. At, my father was a repo man back in like the 60s or 70s, 60s and 70s, whatever. So uh, home alarms weren't that prominent then. <laughs> Ryan, I have a question for you. Hopefully I have an answer for you. How's your French? C'est bon. C'est bon. Uh, je parle un petit peu de français, mais n'a pas un gros vocabulaire. You lost me at, I think you said Petipa. <laughs> well, anyone who is fully bilingual or francophone will be laughing at my pathetic attempt to speak French there. But um, yeah, um, I would say my French is moyen at best. Medium. 
Yeah, I, that one I got. <laughs> okay. Okay. My my French is very minimal. Um, we're, t- we're going to talk about Loot 07. You and I watched it. Uh, well, we should fact. stop right there and we should and correct ourselves. Loot zero set. Oh, Loot zero set. I I apologize. You're right. Um, what did I say? Loot seven. Loot 07, which is what I believe we called it all last week and any other time we referenced it. But um, yeah, so let's be fully francophone on the title, not partially. Okay, so Loot Zero Set. You and I watched the broadcast after the fact. They broadcasted it on Twitch. As a broadcast, I am am pure anglophone. I'm just going to like, I'll just label myself as that. So the broadcast itself wasn't very... (laughs) was <laughs> wasn't for me let's say which i find odd um because they they do service i guess or they're based out of kind of that division line between ottawa and gatineau but i don't know if this really was geared towards drawing in fans because the, so the, the, yeah correct no, it, me if it, i'm wrong yeah sure so was it geared towards drawing in fans uh I mean, yes and no. Uh, the show was announced like three days ahead of time, and it wasn't necessarily a uh, true Loot Zero Set show. It was a part of this festival that takes place every year in Gatineau. It's an outdoor festival. Uh, I believe um, Loot Zero Set participated in it last year as well. And um, I don't know what the circumstances were, but they were they were obviously part of this year's festivities, and it only got announced a few days before. So, um, you know, there was no... Um, worry about having to promote and sell tickets. It was just kind of like, if you know about it, come check it out. And maybe some non-wrestling fans will check it out too, since it was a part of the uh, the festivities. But um, yeah, uh, all that to say, not not your traditional show where you, you have to worry about the normal type of promoting and advertising and ticket sales and things okay. of that nature. Yeah. Well, then, well, then I take a, a uh, I take a backseat to my comments. Um, and, and you ask, and you answered my question because I was because last week when we talked about it, we didn't know what was happening. They had announced a date, and mm-hmm. we didn't know well what what is this. And then when I watch it, I'm like, well, there's a crowd here. Like, how did they how did they gra- grab a crowd? Like, I I didn't see what the announcement was if there was one. Um, so I didn't see like you know, okay, the show's tonight. Come on down if you want to see it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think, I, but now that answers my question that it was part yeah. of the as a festival. I think those that follow the promotion quite closely knew what this festival was and and knew where to go and see it, but um, it wasn't like it was widely advertised for a long period of time. So um, I, I know for a fact there was some like your your diehard indie Ottawa indie fans who attended the show because we saw some clips and pictures and stuff on Twitter and on social media. Um, of some of the matches from the shows, and uh, I, I don't know. The crowd looked, I would say, like pretty small, all things considered. But um, you know, part of that too was was having to move that show indoors um, due the due to the weather. So, um, but I mean, all in all, uh, nice just to see a show being put on in the area again. Uh, fans get to see some familiar faces. Uh, the guys in the ring get to shake off the the dust and cobwebs of being off for an extended period of time which would be incredibly difficult and uh overall yeah just great to see a show running in our city again and again i wasn't trying to 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 crap on the show about like not uh not being geared to to draw fans 
because it did look good. Like I had heard mm-hmm. before watching the video that they had to move from outdoors to indoors, which you know, setting up a ring, setting up a show, period, that is a a huge undertaking. Um, and they they it looked great. It uh, yeah, absolutely did. And yeah. and like the 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 aesthetics were good and. Uh, I couldn't really hear uh, the, the voice very well, but again, that I probably heard him better there than I would have outdoors. Um, but no, they, they did a great job, and it looked good, and yeah, there wasn't a huge crowd, but it, when they panned out, there was actually a lot more people uh, to the hard cam side, mm-hmm. um, and those and the fans that were there, they made it sound wonderful. They, Absolutely, it was a, it was a small crowd, but a hot crowd. And exactly, they were, into, they were into everything. So, and I mean, yeah, that that didn't come as a huge shock to me, given these are, are diehard fans who've been waiting over a year to see live wrestling again. So, um, nice to uh, see them enjoying themselves and experiencing a fun show. Now, you mentioned uh, rust or dust or you know, Both. <laughs> yeah, you know, get, getting the uh, getting the kinks out. Did you notice very many rust or timing or, you know, just a step off? You know, if I'm being honest, I didn't watch it with that critical eye. And, um, you know, I I don't tend to try and watch things too critically either. Like, you know, I'm not coming at this like I'm a 20 year veteran able to offer tons of experience and stuff sure there were there were small little things where you notice like oh that didn't connect or that was maybe not what they were hoping to accomplish uh, in that spot whatever the case may be but uh, no I, I just wanted to watch this uh, just to you know see live wrestling again not not really dive into the nitpicky stuff but um, yeah I, I mean sure there's there's certain things too that you could see where um, that time off may have just impacted um, certain elements of the match. But overall, no, like it wasn't like these guys were, and most of the people on the card too are, are veteran people. I think there's yeah. only uh, two, maybe three talents who aren't veterans, like, you know, well-experienced wrestlers in this business. So um, yeah, it's kind of like just getting back on a bike again, right? But the biggest thing is you're just not used to being in front of fans. Um, depending what people have been doing during COVID, maybe your, your, your pacing is a bit off. You're running out of steam a little bit, just cardio is not in tip top shape. Right. So, um, all all things considered though, I thought everybody did a pretty good job. So everyone did an amazing job. Um, but I did notice kind of, uh, and I, I wasn't looking for it myself either, but, um, I did kind of notice that you, you look at, uh, you know, evil Uno, and Stu Grayson, both of them on the show, guys who are doing this at the very least weekly, you know, for, for AEW. So, you know, their muscle memory is still there. And I could kind of notice that, you know, the, the people who maybe have been sitting at home that you could, you know, just that, that that's that little step. And I, yeah, I think that's, I, that's a great point. I think I just noticed it early. And then it just because I noticed it there. It's just kind of like it just it's it jumped out of, and I'm not saying it happened a lot, but I, I there was like a few times that you could just see Uno and Grayson just as perfect examples were just two guys you could see like their muscle memory was just there, and the other guys were 
uh, just a couple times, just a little off. Yeah, everything with them is is smooth. It's like clockwork, right? Like there's there's no hesitation, and the timing is there. Everything is is smooth, and you know we'll get into each match, I'm sure. But you know both of them just worked fairly simple, but really good matches. Well, okay, so we are going to go through every match, but I'm not, I I when you tell me, I will help you, but. Back to you know, you know, uh, 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 garage doors and and mon laws things like that. <laughs> the the first night we were going to do this, I was at home. I was in I was in my bar in the basement, and I had my notebook that I had written all my stuff from the show. And then last night I was here at my in laws, and I had my notebook. Now tonight, um, circumstances dictated that I was going to be at home in my garage. There's a garage again. But then at the last minute, that's why I was 15 minutes late this time because my mother-in-law said, no, you can actually come down and do it. And I was just like, here I come. Um, but I forgot my notebook at home. <laughs> oh, no. Well, so, you have to go off of your muscle memory then. No, it is not in that pocket. I just thought at the last second, oh, wait, there's a pocket here. But I didn't put it in that pocket. But I'm sure once you uh, uh, you uh, you remind me. Now, there was a few people. Um, I don't know if they're students that... Again, I said I couldn't hear the voice very well. So there was a few that I, if I didn't know them, I, I didn't know who, uh, who was in front of me. But let's yeah, start off. Enough. Let's start off. I do remember the opening match because I really, really, really enjoyed it. And as soon as I saw them come out, um, I was like, damn, like, let's start this off really well. Right. Um, was um, Evil Uno and Junior Benito. And as soon as like Junior came out first, and I was like, "Oh, sweet Junior!" And then when uh, Uno came out, I was just like, "Sweet!" And it wasn't it wasn't so much like, "Oh, let's see what these guys can do," but th- there's two guys that are going to make the other one look good, whether it's in victory or it's in defeat. You're going to make sure that, that these two guys are going to work together, and they're going to make each other look good, no matter what what the end game is here. So I was really looking forward to it, and I uh, I was not disappointed by that opening match. Yeah, it, um, in terms of what you want for an opening match, it was perfect, right? Uh, Junior comes out with lots of fire; he's getting the crowd into it, and um, I, I, you know you could say Uno was playing the role of heel, but let's be real; he's in his hometown, first time ever since uh, signing with AEW that he's wrestled there. He's not getting booed. <laughs> um, so you just what you ended up with just having, like you said, a, a really good match with both guys coming across uh, looking really good. Um, you know, I, I mentioned keeping it simple earlier in, in terms of Uno and Stu. And um, yeah, like I, I don't know what the circumstances with how, um, you know, uh, they're they're allowed to work indie shows, obviously. But, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're maintaining good physical health so you can go work for AEW every week. So uh, I don't think you're going to see anything too crazy from either guy on this show. I figured it, you know, opening match, they just keep things real simple. And uh, Uno would um, basically, as a veteran, take care of Junior and make sure, uh, like you said, Junior um, was looking good in the ring. Um, the timing was all there. Uh, Junior's awesome, right? Like we've talked about him before. Tons of potential there. Um, lots of a- natural athleticism. Um, pretty well everything he hit, you know, it, it was clean. Um, looked really good. Uh, it's it's for him. It's just the little things that he'll he'll get better with and and you know uh, polish over time. Um, his selling, his strikes, um, his comeback, uh, adding a little bit more intensity to to his matches. 
Um, but he's great. Uh, Uno's obviously great as well. And uh, yeah, it was a really good opening match. Lots of fun. And uh, like you were talking about, like they're not going to go all out because they, they got to go to work once a week. Um, I remember with Abyss, when Abyss signed his new contract with TNA at the time and he was coming down to UWA, he kind of took the big things out. He said, you know, I don't do the big things down here anymore. I got to save that for when I'm making the, mm-hmm. making the big money. And the difference is Abyss, and I love Abyss. I owe Abyss tons, the whole thing, that he suffered a lot more taking out those things than Uno does because Uno still has the theatrics. He still has that play of the crowd. So as much as I love Abyss, taking away those really big things that he did, it just kind of yeah. meh. But Uno, he can supplement with the theatrics and with the the mannerisms and everything like that. And everybody's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And like I, I don't want to speak on behalf of them or anything like that. I'm just I'm just speculating that chances are um, they have to think big picture when they're doing these indie shows, right? Like there's going to be some shows, I think, um, you know, when, when C4 and, and fighting back runs again, um, you'll, you'll definitely see those guys going pretty hard. Um, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's probably up to them as individuals to determine what chances they're willing to take on shows that aren't AEW shows. Right. Because, um, you know, there's the bump card theory, right? We only have so many bumps before we're out of bumps and, um, you, you want to make sure you're, you're saving them when you're on national television, uh, once a week. And don't get me wrong. Anyone who's listening to this show who has not seen that show, mm-hmm. it's not like they went in and were just doing wrist locks and headlocks. And no, then, no, you know, no, 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 no. Like they, they, they put on a, a darn good match. They yeah. just maybe didn't go as you know, balls to the wall as maybe normal, but it's yeah, not like they I mean, were they're, keeping they're, it simple. Right. And their spot on the card was not a spot where you do go balls to the wall anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, like we said, overall great match. Uh Junior's awesome. I would like to see Junior like he still has the uh wrestling school graduate look. And I he think does. he does. Yeah. You. So he's he's advanced beyond that. And uh, you know, it'd be nice just to see him get some gear that maybe suited him uh, uh personally a little bit more. Uh just an observation on my part. But yeah, the uh <laughs> it kind of yeah, he just he has the basic, you know, attire and, and like I said, it looks like it's his first few matches right out of wrestling school. But uh uh yeah, just uh one observation. All right, moving on. I believe the next match was the mixed tag. Yeah, it was, yeah. All right, we, so the mixed tag. Um, I'll, I'll confess, I didn't know three out of the four people. Um, mm-hmm. I knew Cecil because mm-hmm. I love Cecil and this is another thing against Cecil. I've always, why do I like Cecil? I know he's, he's solid and he does have that kind of theatrics to him sometimes, but it just, why do I love this guy so much? And then I realized something and it's his face. He <laughs> okay. is, he is so if you can say monotone in the face. So when you see that facial expression change, you know something's happening. He do, His face tells such a story that that's what draws me to him. He just has this monotone face, whether he's on offense, defense, but then every once in a while, he changes his facial expressions, and that is what does it for me. That might sound dumb as hell, but that's what does it for me. No, no, I get what you're saying. So it's just like, you know things are getting serious when the facial expression changes right otherwise it's like he he's not a guy who's bothered by anything even if he's 
delivering out something, some offense or, or taking some punishment from an opponent, he's not too fussed by it. Right. And then uh, to your point, it's like when that facial expression changes, you're, you're thinking one of two things like, Oh, he's in trouble or here he comes. He's mad. Like that's basically what you're saying. I think, yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's not so much when the straps come down, but yeah, when you see that yeah. facial expression, it's just, it's something so different that, it, it yeah, just, so it tells you he he was still like really early into his career when I worked against him. And um, but yeah, like he's I mean, anyone who's had a career as long as him is obviously doing something right. Um, yeah. And in the in the ring, he's polished. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, good wrestler. Um, and the facial thing is, is a funny observation. I like that. Can you tell me? Can you educate me on who the other three people were? I can. Uh, I don't know them personally. Um, all three of them have entered the business um, after my time. Um, so we had Sally and uh, her partner, whose name is escaping me, but um, I believe, did I jot it down? Because I've never heard the name before. Yes, I did. Uh, Dark Horse Dexter Doom. Say, okay. that ten, say that 10 times fast, right? Dark Horse um, Dexter Doom. Dark. Dark yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, both of them are products of the Keep which is uh, the wrestling school run by Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Um, and then Cecil's partner, uh, I do not know where she comes from, but that's Black Widow Eve. Oh, that I've heard of Black Widow Eve. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've heard the name, but now I'm like, now I've, now I've got to go back and watch it again now that I know. Yeah. She's not a product I've, I've of the school. No, She's not but I've heard good keep. things about her. I've heard good things She's about her. She's out of Montreal, and I, I have never seen her wrestle before, uh, before this show been around for a bit uh, yeah. i've seen her promoted on other shows i just never actually seen her wrestle before today um but yeah like i thought it was a, a fun little match um you know to to be honest my my reaction to the match was this was a sally showcase match i thought she was the star of the the show uh or star of this match anyways um you know uh really nice move set great facials great intensity a lot of fire um she's good She's really good. I uh, uh, really thought this match showcased her to the best of her abilities. Moving on, um, now is now is when I get uh, I get stumped. What was the next one? So we had Jimmy Stone against Stu Grayson. Oh, okay. I thought there was something yeah. in between there. That would have been my guess. Um, I I I liked it. I loved it. I, um, I I like seeing Stu now because I find that he's evolved. He's kind of taken those theatrics and kind of pushed them aside a little bit more. And he's really amped up the intensity and amped up the uh, yeah. the wrestler. Yeah. So that was one thing I've I I mean I'm obviously like paying attention to Stu and Uno and what they're doing in AEW and they're they're friends and I'm I'm really happy for them. So I like to keep up with that. Um, and yeah, the the word you used with Stu was intensity, and that's exactly what I've noticed with him is he's really found himself in terms of bringing that intensity and not just being a flashy guy. Um, it, I mean, okay. So Jimmy stone and, and Stu are both veteran guys. And of course it was going to be a solid match, but um, compared to, and this isn't a knock, but if you watch the intergenerative match or even juniors match, um, and this is more specific to junior, obviously than Uno, but there's, there's an intensity with every single movement that's being made in the Jimmy stone and Stu Grayson match. You watch the lockups, you watch the headlocks, 
the punches, the kicks, everything they do is, is got force behind it. Even if they know I'm throwing this clothesline and I know the guy's ducking it. I know that's the spot. It's still being thrown like a 10 out of 10 clothesline. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that um, back when I was wrestling with Stu, um, that's something we're all still learning, right? Is, is to remember to bring that intensity. And that's when they say like, make every move mean something, even the ones you're missing. Um, you know, you're hitting for the fences each time we're, we're in a fight, right? So you're trying to hit your opponent each and every time. Um, so for the green people on the card, I don't even like using the word green, but for the, the more inexperienced people on the card, um, that's something to continually work on and get better. But you're, you're bang on with what you said about Stu and his intensity. He looks great. What a, what a great asset to the Ottawa scene. Uh, Jimmy stone is right. Like I, I, you may not know, but he was a Montreal guy, uh, and he moved here a few years ago and uh, became kind of a staple in the local scene, which, and a, a guy, he came here with well over 10 years of experience under his belt. Um, and he had worked Ottawa shows, but he was based out of Montreal. So, you know, now he's more ingrained in the Ottawa indie community. He's working with the guys who are coming up through the keep. He's working with guys on local shows who are inexperienced. Um, so just a, a, overall, like a great asset to have in uh, the Ottawa wrestling community. Is this where we went to intermission and came back with the tag match? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and... The dancers came out and then, uh, yeah, Raheem Ali, or I guess he's Raja Ali now. My apologies. Raja Ali and MVP came out and interrupted the hip hop uh, dancers. And I, and I smiled about that. I Did I, you smile I... for the same reason I smiled? We'll see here. No, I just I just smiled because I was just like, oh, there's Raja Lee and MVP. Oh. Like, um, I was happy. So, so I know. Um, I almost said his shoe name. Uh, Raja Ali is a big Seinfeld fan, <laughs> so he was cutting the promo, and I laughed my head off when he dropped a, a George Costanza quote, or sorry, a Frank Costanza quote from the uh, famous Festivus episode of Seinfeld. He was mentioning to the crowd that he's got a lot of problems with you people, which is, which is a classic Frank Costanza Seinfeld quote. <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not a Seinfeld guy, so that that would have totally went over my head, and obviously it did. It was, I, part of me wonders if he just said that to see if he could make uh, MVP crack up. And then they were against Tabernacle the team. Yeah, and are you familiar with them? Oh, I I am. They uh, okay, they, great. They yeah. came down to uh, to Alpha One several times. Yeah, yeah, they're well traveled, uh, solid tag team, and yeah, you know, I, I've I've thought this before, but um, you've obviously done ring announcing for Ring of Honor. I have. Do do you see? No, 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 no. Let me let me. Correct. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. I have hosted meet and greets. I have never ring announced for them yet. My apologies. Yet. Um, well, then get it together and get in the ring and start announcing for them, will you? I have um, never. I've never <laughs> stepped into a Ring of Honor ring um I have you're never not honorable i guess i don't know well no um, i just i don't want to step in the ring until it's 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 my turn to step in the ring fair enough um anyway where i was going with that point, yeah <laughs> do you not see tdt as like a quebec briscoe brothers i do <laughs> i do that, for sure to me, that's the perfect comparison i i love both of them matthew saint Jacques, i think uh is is amazing uh Dubois, uh, Thomas Dubois. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my, my mind blanked on his name there for a second, and then I saw Dubois and worked my way backwards. When he came down here, when they came down here for Alpha One, I looked at him and I said, "Just, just a little different work or a different look." 
and just it would be perfect. Like I loved both of them, mm-hmm. and now just he's this big guy that has this amazing look, amazing work. I respect the hell if they stay a tag team, but Tom, Tom, Thomas Dubois could, in my eyes, could just tie a rocket to his butt and go. Yeah. Um, what show was it? Uh, the last fighting back. It was TDT against MJF and Cody Rhodes. After the match, the fans chanted at Cody, sign these guys, sign these guys, sign these guys. Um, they're tremendous, right? Like they they're, are. they're such a solid tag team and both of them bring something unique to the team, but they work so well together. There's almost like, uh, I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but a heart foundation dynamic, right? You got Matthew St. Jock, who's like the bulldozer guy, like Jim, the anvil Nightheart. Dubois is like a Jack of all trades can hit anything, wrestle any style. Um, I see a, a little bit of a comparison there, but, um, yeah, like they're two guys too, right? It's just like, man, if they ever get a chance to do something bigger in the business, they'll blow up um the one thing i don't know with them because i i have never actually uh, met or talked to dubois personally um met saint jacques um i'll tell you a story about that in a minute but um like i i think what might hold them back to a bit is is just english right like they're i think that's their second language and um when it comes to promos and stuff and you're wrestling on a, a national scale um you probably need to have that capability so I, I really don't know if that's one of the reasons that they just they haven't found their place in, for, in front of a wider audience yet but um in the ring uh, they've got it all right like they're they're ready to rock and i really hope they do get a, a chance at something bigger um what about, oh yeah the matthew st jock thing so um i actually um i think i saw his first c4 match um i was definitely I'm trying to remember if I was still wrestling at that point or if I was just visiting some friends at the show, whatever the case may be, um, meet this guy. And he's like, he's like a brick, you know, brick shithouse. We'll say you know, yeah. one of these guys, he's got no neck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, here's the shoulders and the head sitting on the shoulders and he's a young guy, but he's, he's big and he's bulky and he looks mean and nasty and, uh, introduce myself and, and talk to him for a few minutes. Um, so guess who he worked that night? Adam Cole. Oh, wow. and yeah. So obviously we didn't think much of it at the time, but, um, you know, as I was watching this show and just trying to think of what could I, you know, say in regards to TDT, it just hit me. I was like, Oh yeah. Like I met St. Jacques when I was still working for C4 and, and I, I'm pretty sure he worked Adam Cole that night and I did double checked it. And yeah. And I vaguely remember, um, they, they tore the house down. I'm pretty sure. And, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny to, to see those two guys in such an infant stage of their career uh, tear it up for C4. And uh, Ali and MVP, two guys who, you know, they're going to make you look awesome. They, uh, Yeah, and I mean, like, TDT doesn't need anyone to help them look awesome. No, but, they don't. You know, a great dynamic. Uh, two really good, in Ali and MVP, two guys who can get the crowd annoyed and uh have the fans just rally behind tdt even more um and you know by the end of it like all the fans were ready to see uh ali and mvp go through that door that got brought into the ring which i don't know i guess my french isn't good enough to pick up there was no disqualifications exactly same here <laughs> when they brought that in i was just like uh did i miss something did, did somebody say something that i did i wasn't supposed to that I, uh, yeah probably <laughs> probably missed that uh french lesson okay qu'est-ce que c'est no disqualification en français yeah. 
Je ne sais pas. Okay, time is a ticking. <laughs> we got 15 minutes. Um because uh, you got to play some hockey and I I have media obligations. Ooh. I just love saying that. All right, main event time. Speedball Mike Bailey. I and I'm sorry again. I don't know who the champion is. Benjamin Tull. Ah, yes, I did figure out who it was. Number 1 it says Tull on the back. Um <laughs> yeah. And then, but then I saw a picture where it's, I, I don't think I saw it right away. And then I noticed it maybe later that it says Ben Tull on the back. Okay. I'll be, I'll be didn't, I didn't. Okay. And just to kind of backtrack just for one second, mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the mixed tag match, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember watching it and going, man, things would be so much easier if everybody had their name on their ass like Cecil. <laughs> it does help, doesn't it? When it you're does. Watching people you've never seen before. Although yeah. Ethan Page, he had all ego on the back of his. Uh, trunks mm-hmm. one time and he was in a headlock and I was ring announcing so I'm at ringside and I remember staring at his ass for some odd reason and going why does it say Lego on Ethan's ass when I worked Ethan Page I remember he had those trunks and they were like the hot pink biker shorts that said all ego on the back right I'm like oh like crowd's gonna hate you <laughs> <laughs> I never realized that you worked Ethan we're gonna have to talk that sometime too all right so main event uh, for the loot zero set Mm-hmm. championship i i enjoyed it yeah right great match uh two guys who both have a lot to offer both different styles and it meshes really well um if you've never seen tull before and i i've this is only i think my second or third time seeing him um love what he brings right like he's just a big solid dude big brute heavy hitter um, so obviously like he, he looked good and Bailey is such a good seller and athletic that the, the combination worked really well. Um, loved, loved the, seeing Bailey, uh, wrestle again. It's been a long time since I've seen him wrestle. Um, does he not remind you a little bit of virus? I hate going back to nostalgia all the time, but like I, I look at him and then I think of virus. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I see the similarity there. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I could see some. I, I think there's some, but uh, yeah, Bailey's skill set, man. It's just, it's so, it's so unique, obviously. Like he's genuinely, uh, I don't want to mix up the term or anything, but like he's genuinely, I think like a black belt in, in some form of martial arts. Um, not exactly sure what uh, for, oh God. Oh God. What discipline? What, thank you. What discipline? <laughs> what discipline of martial arts? um but he's got he's got that in his bag right like he's got the high flying stuff he's got great strikes because of the martial arts experience um just such a well-rounded and and smooth wrestler and and really can um work with almost anybody and it's going to be a good match and um i I, i'm i'm thinking he's put on some some good muscle too since last time i've seen him work he looks like he's you know jacked himself up a bit too he has bulked up um again stupid sidebar that uh, that kind of smirk he has when he walks out to the ring and he gets in the ring and he does his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, that smirk, at least my experience with him, he has that in the locker room too. That's the way he walks around kind of. I just find maybe it's not the smirk, but he's always smiling. The guy is always smiling. He's a happy guy. Right? He is. He's a very happy guy. So maybe it's not so much the smirk, I should say, that he comes out to the ring with, but the guy's always smiling. Right. Like, and and I think that plays very well into, you know, I'll use your Cecil Nix uh, analogy earlier, right? Is when the smile gets wiped off his face and things turn serious, you know, things are about to turn up a little bit, right? Yeah. Business is about to go down. That's it. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it was a good match. The only thing was my feed or my uh, my link. The last four or five minutes, it kept like the video would pause. I could hear the commentary again, Anglophone. So it would pause and then it would skip and then it would pause and then it would skip and then it would pause and it would skip. And so I kept seeing like still shots. Oh, no. Okay, so I I had a small hiccup as well, uh, but not nearly as annoying as that. Um, For some reason on my feed, the audio got about maybe five or six seconds ahead of the video. So the announcers are popping for these big moves and I'm just seeing the setup for it, right? Yeah, So um, I I saw that off some chops. There was a couple times during that last match where I heard smack and then I was like watching the screen going, what the hell just happened? And then they chopped and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, ah, okay, we're a little off. Uh, we're a little yeah. off kilter here. Yeah, I think um, so. Bailey's another guy who got caught up in that whole um, band from the border thing, right? So mm-hmm. um, same situation as, as a few others, Uno. Uh, well, actually, no, I don't know if it was the exact same situation as Uno, but um, so he's certainly not the first guy. I think his situation is more like a Josh Alexander situation where he actually got that ban. Um, and hopefully I'm correct on that one. Um, nevertheless, I think Bailey's 2021 and beyond um, is going to be huge. Um, he's He's got everything he needs uh, to blow up as well. Like he's just like TDT, right? It's amazing actually, right? Like if you just look at this little five match show, how many guys there are who are just so immensely talented and uh, that's not even talking about uno and grayson but it's it's the other guys right like we've talked about how uh good bailey is we've talked about uh tdt um junior's well on his way uh this is a show you're you're gonna in a few years look at this card and say wow what a stacked card that was uh-huh i just don't understand how bailey wrestles barefoot i don't know <laughs> i've never got that one i i can't i can't figure that out but Every time I see him, I'm just like, man, like, how many times has he broke his toes? So did, did you uh, did you get your fill? Did you get your fix? Uh, that's a weird question. Like, I don't I wouldn't say I how do I want to phrase this? I enjoyed the show, but I don't feel any differently after watching a good show. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a byproduct of, of being in the business. I can I can still appreciate a good show and still enjoy it. But like in terms of feeling any sort of fulfillment or anything like that after a, a show, no, I, I don't feel that. I just I like to watch it to enjoy it. Uh, it kind of reminds me or it, uh, it kind of, I think it gives me the feels of like prohibition when they then they mm-hmm. took all the booze and they said, no, nope, you can't have this anymore. And then eventually they're just like, well, shit, we can tax this stuff. And they gave it back to us. And, you know, just like, oh, like it's it's just as good. It's not like we were happy that it was back. And you and I were happy that wrestling is is back. I'm, I'm going to be commentating in like a week from when people hear this. I'm going to be commentating for the first time in like a year and a half. And well, thank God you have all this practice with podcasting. I know. That's why I was trying to keep my voice in shape. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's well, you and I were excited. Like it's coming, it's coming, yeah. it's coming. 
but it, it, it's it's not that, like yeah it's just kind of like that's, oh that's the stuff yeah yeah that that's that's kind of what it is right like I, it's just been such a long year plus right and like thank goodness we're just we're getting back to a place now where these shows can run again and fans can go enjoy them and the guys can get back in the ring and do what they love to do um obviously you know you and i have been pretty heavy on the the nostalgia side reminiscing about you know our time in uwa and my time in wrestling um and, and you know hopefully from here on out we'll be able to focus focus more on uh on 2021 and and beyond right like uh this is probably the first of, of many shows that are going to be popping up uh in the auto area in the next few months i mean i i've this is really going off the rails a bit but i've heard there's going to be like vaccine passports possibly in quebec or um some sort of um i don't know card or something to demonstrate and show you're vaccinated and you may need that to go to events like this or go to concerts i don't know i don't think anyone has the answers yet but um certainly you know the going to a wrestling show uh or wrestling on a wrestling show could be dramatically different in the future all right when this show goes up with your approval i'm going to put up a poll i think it's our first poll on twitter um w- would you obtain a passport to go to oh, uh, no to c4 or a claim or loot zero set well i mean i'd like to think most people will answer yes and I mean, C4 especially, they've been very vocal and upfront about, hey, you know, go out there and do the right thing for yourself and for everybody around you. Go get vaccinated. It's the right thing to do. Um, I I think most fans, you know what, thank goodness to we live in Canada and we're doing so well with vaccinations here. Um, The the situation could be far worse. And there's always going to be, you know, a few outliers who for whatever reason are hesitant on getting it or just refuse to. Um, I think the majority of fans are going to be vaccinated. And I, I'm sure there would be support for that too, right? Just to keep, you could still be a carrier of COVID and be vaccinated too. There's there's that element too, right? But um, at least nobody gets super sick, we hope, right? Yeah. Uh, having unvaccinated people in the crowd and who knows who they're spreading it to. And uh, the whole thing still relatively new and messy and and um we'll just have to see how things go but i mean um this was nice right like to get to talk about a 2021 wrestling show and i do want to say too before i forget it was um you know they're they're part of the show too right it was nice to see the voice in serge saint denis uh, yes and brian renda as well brian renda i love me some brian renda all right bud you go play hockey and uh i'm gonna eat a donut All right, so it has been a bad, bad, very bad week. Uh, Not just for Ryan and his garage door and his lack of house keys, but yours truly, my external hard drive, uh, just stopped. It just stopped. I don't know why it just stopped, but it stopped and won't give me anything. And most importantly, it has all the elements that I use to construct this podcast. Uh, Most importantly... It houses the ad for our primary sponsor, Brew Revolution. Um, I will be able to extract these things from the hard drive, but this episode has been delayed long enough. So I am I am making this makeshift ad to encourage you to please patronize our sponsor, our primary sponsor, Brew Revolution. 
Uh, they are at 6081 Hazeldean Road in Stittsville, Ontario. Uh, you can go to their website, brewrevolution.ca. They have lots of drinks. They have lots of food. they got lots of options. Go to brewrevolution.ca. Check out their amazing, amazing selection. Uh, you can even uh, you can even uh, uh, order from them on Skip the Dishes. So be sure, be sure, please, please go check out our sponsor, Brew Revolution 6081, Hazeldean Road, Stittsville, Ontario. Uh, I'll, I'll get the, the, the real ad next out next week, I, I promise you. <laughs> 